0: damn son where'd you find this welcome ladies and gentlemen to too obscure for tv and i have a new guest randy my brother wow wow indeed so um,
1: i am randy i am the host's brother
0: he is um so randy you decided to uh do the podcast with me specifically yes. so you can watch a really a really good movie that you saw that you wanted to watch right Well, why are you, you, you on mean, here you
1: mean the the movie to, no i'm on here because we're uh getting ready to watch the AFI top 100 yes
0: after after watching this
1: mohan drive yeah i mean mohan drive was good it was good it was pretty it was really good actually yeah I, you know now that i have like about like 30, 30 40 minutes of stew after watching it, feel pretty good about it, but I uh, probably would have preferred Ben Hur. <laughs> <laughs> On the lowest of
0: Keys. I remember yeah, cuz what is it? We just finished watching it, yes. I don't know, 20 30 minutes ago. Yeah. And uh, you were like, that's how it fucking ends?
1: That, what that, is this? I mean, it just it is a strange ending. It just kind of does. It just stops. I mean, I think chronologically the last thing you see in the movie is um Rita, what's her actual name? Uh, Carmella. Carmella opening the box. I'm pretty sure, like, if you did a timeline of the movie, that's the last thing that happens. Maybe? I'm pretty sure. We're gonna
0: get into that, but okay, first. yes. <laughs> yeah. So, everybody, uh, we're talking about David Lynch's 2001 film, Mulholland Drive. Uh, For a brief plot synopsis pitch. Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, th- I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try.
1: I believe in you. So,
0: a hopeful actress travels to Hollywood only to be pulled into a dark conspiracy involving a woman who was nearly murdered in a car crash on the winding Maholland Drive. With the woman left with amnesia, she and the actress search across Los Angeles in search for clues to only be dragged into a psychotic illusion involving a dangerous blue box, a director named Adam Kesher, and the mysterious nightclub Silencio. Did I'm
1: sorry to do this to you, but you misspelled his name on there.
0: Yeah, you can go fuck yourself. It's Kisher. Kisher. Adam Kisher. Sorry, I. That's <laughs> <No>, okay. <laughs> it's, this this movie this movie's hard. All right.
1: It okay. So, what did you describe the the film as? With like the a dark conspiracy. It's kind of almost like noirish. It
0: it does.
1: It's because um, you know the actress uh, Betty right. That's, yeah. Uh, um, gets like engrossed in this like whole like conspiracy type of thing revolving around rita and it's it's kind of noir-ish
0: it this has been described as a neo-noir because it does have a whole weird in this weird kind of conspiracy thing and we're uncovering a mystery that's going on this woman has amnesia and we're going through the beats of like a mystery story conspiracy story but it's a surrealist movie
1: thriller drama yeah yeah
0: <laughs> well okay i got it
1: it does get quite surreal at sometimes it
0: does and um like this movie came comes out in 2001 yeah. and
1: so i'm it gonna did feel sh- pretty 90s
0: well here's this so it's, this came out in 2001 you know what else came out in 2001 what harry potter and the philosopher's stone Oh God. lord of the rings the fellowship of the rings and monsters inc those were the three top grossing movies of 2001 and then Gosh. this got released this movie was in a different film landscape when it was coming out right
1: 2001 was a banger of a year oh yeah
0: dude dude that was just the top three it gets better shrek was this year by the way also All of
1: these movies came out in the same year
0: yeah also shrek came out and that was the one that created the best animated feature oscar that's how good 2001 was it made an oscar category and uh, this is also where we get uh, dwayne the rock johnson in his first movie
1: He's in this movie?
0: Not in this movie. A different movie.
1: Oh, what do you. Why would you even mention it? Because The
0: Rock's in 2001, Randy. Oh, Scorpion God. King. Billy Ray Cyrus is in this movie.
1: Yeah, he's actually pretty good in this movie. He's pretty good. In this he's movie. only in, like, one scene, yeah, basically. Yeah, it's pretty good. But, I mean, it was, it, was good. It, was good. it was good. It was good. It was good. I liked it.
0: All right. Um. So, where, where the fuck do you want to start with this winding road of a film?
1: I kind of want to try and figure out, quote unquote, the plot. Like,.
0: The plot. Yes. The to, plot. like,
1: go... Like, that's where I want to go directly into. Okay. Is that okay?
0: That is absolutely okay.
1: So, the scene where they're at, like, the, the director's, like, dinner party, right? And Carmella's there. Yeah. Th- for
0: context, this is at, like, the end of the movie, right? This is, like, the last 10 minutes. Yeah, like, probably, t- 10 like, minutes.
1: Yeah, 15 minutes before the end. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of, like, a, a big scene in the movie mm-hmm. because it poses new questions and answers other questions. Yeah. In kind of like a large sweeping manner mm-hmm. to where like the interconnectedness of the whole movie. So, how to show I word? So, basically, I'm pretty sure this movie, or this, not movie, this scene takes place weeks beforehand? Maybe a month beforehand? Could be <laughs> years, honestly. Uh-huh. Basically setting up that Carmella knows the director and that Coco knows Carmella Uh uh-huh and setting up why diane
0: diane diane and betty they're played by the same actress
1: god that makes so much more sense now right yeah okay so yeah setting up that uh setting up diane taking out the hit on carmella
0: okay now randy yes i have a theory for you oh god this is drawn from from like some shit
1: is it related to that scene though yes Because i'm pretty sure like chronologically that scene takes place first okay or not first
0: but earliest very early okay okay so i have come under the assumption that most david lynch movies they work on dream logic right hear me out here betty she's in the she's at the party right or diane yes, diane right. carmella and she's like puts out the hit and,
1: oh and uh what's what's her name the the, the lady that the like coco no um the lady that they eventually get um, the director to cast in the movie.
0: Well, that's supposed to be other Carmella. That It's going to get weird, dude. Just, hold on a minute. Let me get there. Okay. So, that scene, whatever. That does p- take place chronologically. I'm thinking once we have Diana, once once Naomi Watts starts playing Diana, that's the reality. And everything we saw before that was the dream, okay? Because Carmela is leaving Diana. Diane sets the hit out on Carmella, and she's so guilty about this. She has the fever dream where she reinterprets her life because she's a dead-end actress. She has no real prospects, and her life's not really going anywhere, and the woman she loves is leaving her. Now, Carmella comes back as Rita, somebody who's utterly dependent, utterly in love with Betty, who is Diana's, like... A nicer, happier, way more prospects, more... Better than Diana is. And then the whole first half of the movie, or first, like, four-fifths, is a dream. It's Diana's dream, man. I don't do drugs.
1: I, I don't I don't like it. I don't like that explanation. You don't like
0: dream logic?
1: Well, you could make the connection based purely on that it's a, a movie by da- David Lynch. <laughs> yes. But, um... I don't like to make that connection just based on who the director is. Mm-hmm. Like, to me at least, there's no real connection there in the movie itself. It's Diane going and in crazy insane near the end of her life. I mean, she she does see crazy grandma grandpa
0: crawl underneath her door and chase yes. her. Yes. And she just shoot herself. Yes. And there's a cowboy.
1: Yeah, but the cowboy didn't really have anything to do with her.
0: What is the cowboy, by the way?
1: I think he's like some kind of hitman or something.
0: He's not Judge Holden from Blood Meridian.
1: Well, I haven't read the book. <laughs> Ooh, all right, all right. <laughs> I
0: got a question. There's a lot of Although, shit going on that here. That would right? make
1: a lot of sense as a reference to mm-hmm. Blood Meridian, but that's a whole nother thing. Well,
0: that'll be in a different podcast. <laughs> yes. All right, because okay, because <laughs> this this film story is just is weighty very weighty it goes all over los angeles we're following all these different
1: characters it's not told chronologically not in any interpretation not really i mean i don't think there's a way you could ever interpret this movie as being played out chronologically i
0: don't think so i i'm gonna go with a big broad question for you sure all right so do you think the what do you think the main plot is and do you think the film resolves the main plot at the end?
1: Yes, I believe the main plot is who is Rita. Mhm. And it does get resolved that Rita is Carmela, who is this actress who was probably being replaced in Kisher's movie by these mob guys. Okay. Yes. Even though I'm, I'm not sure if they're mob guys. But they seem like mob guys.
0: They seem like mob guys, right? Yes. There's also the guy in the room with all the curtains.
1: Yeah, who's probably like some kind of alien. <laughs>
0: You're going with an alien. <laughs> no. Well, is this being a dream out of the realm <laughs> possibility? <laughs> that guy's an alien? Absolutely.
1: No. No, no, no. no. It is. It's <laughs> just, just a joke. <laughs> joke? It's just, joke. just a joke. All right. It's not actually an alien.
0: Okay. Because it, it is very difficult. Because I did this to um, Becky on the film club mm-hmm. where... She was like, oh, I want to talk about, you know, movies, do, you know, podcasts, whatever. I'm like, all right, but I'm going to I'm gonna start you off with the hard shit. And then, then it'll get easier. And I made her watch Eraserhead. And Eraserhead is far... It's
1: probably a harder watch than this.
0: Much harder. It's less
1: coherent. But this, I feel, is much well, the, rougher because this is way longer. The thing with this movie, though, is that it seems coherent at first. And then it starts kind of losing you
0: it starts drifting
1: it starts going kind of wild near the end yeah it
0: does as soon as you they get to the club thing after that as soon as they get to silencio everything after that is just bonkers
1: yeah first thing that didn't make much sense to me is when they open her purse and it has the blue box in it that's the that's the first part where it kind of goes like okay that's kind of weird Uh uh-huh like how did it get there who put it there like this doesn't make much sense because if they, because Rita has the blue key, yes, or well, one of two blue keys in this movie. There's yes, there's two blue keys. Yes, but um, so she has the triangle key, mm-hmm. and whoever knew she had the triangle key would know about Silencio because obviously the two are linked. But then whoever knew she had the key would probably also be one of the people trying to kill her. So it's like, it stopped. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> I, I, and then, like I, when, when they get back to her room and Betty's like gone and she opens the box. Cause in my mind, that's like when the movie like ends because that's when chronologically it ends in yeah, my mind. In your mind. And so, because I'm sure you could make arguments of where this movie ends. I was just like, what? Like, I wish, what is going on? I wish people where, could is, where's Becky? Or where, not Becky. Where's Betty?
0: I wish people could see you right now because you're like.
1: My eyes are going everywhere. Your like, eyes are going is everywhere. You just,
0: thing? you look like you just need need a cigarette and some coffee and this is going to take you a minute. Oh, God. Because this, it, this is a David Lynch movie, right? And David Lynch has gone on record that's saying this movie has a coherent and followable plot. And he, he, does. he's like, this is, this is an easy to follow movie, right? It's a little weird, but you can follow this. Yeah. Now. What the gist of it? I think the issue is that this is a very hard movie to describe. Cause there's so much yeah. going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on. It would be pretty difficult to describe in a kind of coherent and concise way to somebody what the movie was about oh, without God. leaving out too much.
0: What is it? Like when we were on um, like the break between the movies, I, yes. you tried to describe it to like Yeah,
1: our, our uh, dad asked us what we were watching and we said Mulholland Drive. He was thinking Mohan Drive was, was LA it? Confidential. LA Confidential. He was and like we'll was I Russell Crowe, right? And, and it's like, was like no, badass. no, it's this other movie with uh, these girls and there's like amnesia. It was just so like I, having to describe what the movie was to him, it was difficult. I was like, there's a, the these two girls and the one has amnesia and they're trying to figure out who she is. Which is like the very... Like, I think if you tried to be more descriptive about the movie, you'd start losing like coherency pretty quickly Yeah. than that. It's a movie about two girls where one of them has amnesia. Basically. And then they eh, bang. Oh, yeah. Of course. Also, I have something to comment about that. I saw something online uh-huh people were talking about how nobody touches nipples in movies mm-hmm. and i'm watching this movie and i was like these guys were wrong it was so <laughs> wrong <laughs> i okay. was like Bo- boys this movie there's nipple touching in this movie
0: oh god that is like the that is one of the weirdest things about you, this movie about this movie
1: i don't know if it's actually a good like scene it seems a little forced mm-hmm where it would play more into your idea of it being, like, a dream sequence. Because it does seem, like, a little weird that, like, um, Rita is just, like, so, like, forthcoming. And
0: it's it's a little weird that Rita is but, basically going to bed buck naked. Yes. With somebody who they met earlier that morning. Again, I wish people could <laughs> see you. Because it <laughs> looks like you're just I, grasping I, for straws every day. I was
1: going to say something, but I totally lost my train of thought. Well,
0: let's get back on a different no, 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 train of no, thought.
1: No. So, like, I don't I don't think the scene's actually, like, that good, per se, just because it seems so forced, but it makes more sense if it's, like, the whole, like, dream sequence, but also it makes sense because Rita doesn't know who they are, and Betty looks exactly the same as her former lover. I'm going with they're the same
0: person, Randy, I'm going to say. I know
1: it. they're the same person. IRL. (laughs) Uh,
0: No, no. In the the movie. No, no, no.
1: So, so looks exactly the same. So, obviously, she's going to be attracted to her, right? And Betty seems like, you know, she's, like, this kind of, like, naive, like, innocent, like, girl or whatever. I mean, she says to Rita that she, like, loves her in that moment, which is, like, a, I mean, it's a pretty virgin thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) The the Chad, Rita, and the Virgin Betty? Basically. Jesus. Or she just goes to bed naked with her. Like, that's a pretty Chad move. <laughs> oh,
0: God. I'm now imagining just, just, it's Rita and it's just the Chad, the, Mech, the mecha the Chad face. It's yeah. so bad. Oh, God. Okay. Back, back to this. Okay. So, talking about Betty, you know, she's sure. this very naive, kind of wide-eyed character, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. I mean, they make a pretty big point of it, like, when she arrives in L.A. Mm-hmm. Also, did they dub that whole scene over? Which scene? When she arrives in L.A.
0: They might have. I think so. seemed all dubbed. I think so. It
1: kind of gave this kind of like dream sequence feeling.
0: Bro! Get behind the dream storyline. No. No, no, no. no. Alright, so, well, here's my thing. Because Naomi Watts, she plays Betty, right? Yes. And... And Diane. And Diane. Yes. And she's playing Betty as this very... Again, naive, wide-eyed... I just got off... Literally got off the bus from, like, Ohio. Not lying... For like the first section of this movie, I thought she was just a bad actress, and then we got to the audition scene, and I and was then like, "I was like, oh, oh, oh no!" The rest of this is just a choice. You're a great actress. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed. Yes,
1: that scene was very good. That oh. was a very good scene. I was like, "Oh damn!" Like <laughs> the lead up to where she's doing the like rehearsal with the Rita, mm-hmm. or whatever. Into that scene, I was like, "Oh this movie. This movie's pretty good. I like this. This
0: this, this girl got chops." Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because we're seeing her play this character, and as she's playing her, she's acting, like, very weird and very stilted. And then she does, like, the first rehearsal with Rita, and you're like, okay, this is dinner theater production. That's cool. Yeah. And then she gets the actual audition, and it's like, oh, Oscar clip, please. This, This is great. This is wonderful. So I was curious... For you, was there like a particular performance or actor, or whatever, that stood out to you, or like a scene that you thought was like really good for the actor? That
1: was really good. Yeah. yeah.
0: That. Uh, discluding Billy Ray Cyrus because I know I know he's I mean, the that best. Was, that was great. That was awesome.
1: But I think there was like three scenes in this movie that I really enjoyed.
0: That really sold you.
1: Yeah, I think the first one that takes place is not the audition scene. It's the the shooting in that like office? Oh, that before that,
0: the shooting in the office. Yeah, that's before that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, I really like
1: that scene. That scene was good. (laughs) It was was funny. It was like some dark humor right there, Mm -hmm. and it kind of set up that guy as being this really awful hitman. (laughs) Can we
0: take a second to describe that
1: scene? Because that scene is
0: wonderful. This this guy goes in. He's gonna steal like the somebody's like address book.
1: Yeah, he's. I'm pretty sure. I'm not pretty sure. There's nothing pretty sure with this movie. (laughs) But I think this is prior to Rita's car crash. And he's he's trying to figure out where Rita is so he can take out the hit for Dan. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. We'll go with that. Yes. Cool. But basically, he's trying to take out this hit to get this black book. He shoots the guy. Tries to put the gun in his hand to set it up as a suicide. You know, a supposed suicide. Of course. Shoots through the wall and hits some lady in her ass. (laughs) So he goes in
0: and he tries to put a fucking, like, choke on her?
1: Well, yeah. She tries to, like... He tries to subdue her so he can bring her back into the other office. Like, set it up as, like, a murder-suicide or something. Yeah. But then he, like, falls over and she falls on top of him. And they have, like, this whole struggle. And as he's dragging her around to the other room didn't take his gun by the way to shoot her with of course was well, gonna just subdue her with his forearm of course but, um there's like this janitor that shows up in the hallway and and he's just like dude she's really hurt
0: come and help me and she's like screaming and struggling and this guy is like all right yeah i guess i'll, I'll be
1: right there man just... he doesn't say anything he, doesn't... he just stands there and the hitman guy just like looks at him just like i bet he thinks it's all like bucket just drags her into the room like ah you know whatever if he comes he comes if he doesn't whatever you know it's there ain't like no way that. you got a description of me and so he takes her out and then the guy with like he's got like a vacuum cleaner with him waddles in he shoots him vacuum cr- cleaner starts going crazy whatever he's trying to set up the gun to like the murder double hot or the double murder <laughs> suicide now yeah and then the like the vacuum machine is making way too much noise. So he shoots that and it starts a fire. And <laughs> I just like, fuck it. Grabs the black book and leaves. <laughs> that is like so
0: good. It's I, so good. Oh my God. And cause we watched a, like a mini interview with David Lynch. That's on the criterion edition of this. Yes. And they were talking about that and
1: by the way, real quick i needed i specifically said i was going to mention this the criterion release does not have subtitles it doesn't need it it's fine we speak english bruh (laughs) i needed subtitles i got you
0: (laughs) but it's great because and they were like oh this is such david lynch humor and i'm like david lynch you a fucked up person but you're really funny it was really funny it was good i need a david lynch comedy that's what i need
1: i do have two other scenes That I really enjoyed. The other one was the scene you also enjoyed. The audition. The audition. It is really good. Especially like the continuation where he where she sees Kisher. The director. Mm -hmm. I also enjoy that scene as well. But to a lesser extent. But the audition scene is very good. It sets her up as being like a much better actress than she has seen for the first half of the movie. Mm -hmm. But the third scene that I really enjoy is Silencio 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 especially the performance by the the singer oh yeah oh that really good oh, whoever she is really good <laughs> Randy's gonna go
0: find that girl's like mixtape and it's gonna be fire
1: i mean it was excellent
0: oh because there you know what that is right i think it's a um it's a spanish rendition of like a roy orbison song called crying mm-hmm. it reminded me of like blue velvet which is um like david lynch's like Fourth movie I, I i can't remember when it came out but it came out like years and years before this like in the 80s Uh uh-huh. and they have a, a whole thing where there's you know the beautiful lady she's singing blue velvet and it's the, in this nightclub or whatever and uh-huh. it kind of reminded me of this but this like god <clears throat> d- damn that girl can can belt i thought very Sil- good i thought silencio was also like a really good scene because we have that weird performance before it where everything's on tape and i thought that was just a Weird, well, like the whole dreamy setup. Thing?
1: The whole setup for that, like club or performance hall or whatever the hell it is, yeah, is very weird. Because they go to it at like two, two thirty, three a.m. something like that. Yeah, because Rita just wakes up in the middle of the night saying silencio. Like, like oh, I have an epiphany. Yeah, I she did- has an pif- epiphany late at night, and they so they go right then and there. But this place is like open at like two, two thirty a.m. and there's like people there that are like actually watching it and then they have like the first performance which is the silencio guy mm-hmm. who like everything's on tape and it's kind of like this weird like it's almost like a spoken word well it's also kind of like a cheesy magician's act where mm-hmm. he's like oh look i can i'm like interacting with the tape kind of thing mm-hmm. which is like pretty like low-budget cheesy magician's act thing but i think it's supposed to like play into like how sleazy the place looks
0: Mm, well granted it also goes into the performance (sighs) after with the singer
1: yes because she falls over while the music's still playing
0: yeah and that that also is like insane because i'm pretty sure like the person i'm pretty sure this um was dubbed in woman we see singing like we're not seeing a live performance yes so it is kind of an interesting commentary david lynch is doing on Sound and music and dubbing and all that stuff, where it's like everything's on tape and we're like in our heads. Oh well, no, it's not. We're hearing people acting and talking and shit. But this is a movie, so yeah, they're dubbed in. Like that's a vocal performance that's been laid over the scene, so it is on tape.
1: So it's kind of like self-referential.
0: A little bit. He's he's referencing the artifice of the movie. Kind of. It is
1: self-referential.
0: Yeah, I say kind of like a garnish on my sentences. It's fine. But, yeah, that's what's going on. It's a um, very interesting reference to the film and the artifice of filmmaking. You know, the artifice of the dream. Because this is a dream, damn it. It's not a dream. Get behind me on this. I don't
1: think it's a dream. But, like, the Silencio scene, I really like it mostly because of the singer. Mm -hmm. But also because it's, like, kind of like the break point in the movie to where it starts getting real crazy for me. Yeah. So I like it as kind of like the, the, the cap to the stuff that made a lot of sense. And I
0: think that also goes into another interesting thing. So you're saying the Silencio scene after that, that's where things kind of go off the rails. Yeah. In okay. a big way. In a big way. So, because this movie started its life as a television pilot. Yes. It was going to be. I
1: forgot all about when we were watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Which I think made the watch better for me that I didn't remember that it was a pilot made into a movie. Mm-hmm. And then, like, afterwards, realizing that, I was like, oh, that makes more sense. But I think it would have kind of lessened the watch enjoyability for me. Yeah, because, like, seeing that break, I would have immediately, like... How do I put this? I would have immediately pinpointed that as, like, when they started refilming for the feature instead of the pilot. Mm -hmm. I would have been like, oh, this is the break point when... Like the, and I, it would have kind of lessened the experience. I gotcha. Well, that was kind of my question. I was going to ask
0: where you thought that breakpoint was, and it's, the, and it's Silencio?
1: It's the end of Silencio. Like, basically, when they go back with the blue box. Do you think this movie
0: would have, if this is a pilot and actually got made into, like, a TV show, do you think it would have worked, or do you think it as a movie works? Because I feel like the opening section, it's setting up all these different plot threads and things that... If this was a TV series, it would have been explained over the course of, I don't know, 10, a 12 season. episodes. Yeah, a season of a TV show. But now, it as a movie, you and know, the last half kind of I think it works either way. You think it works either I way? I think
1: it would have worked either way. I'm pretty sure, though, it makes a better movie than it would have made a TV show. Really? Yes. But not to say that the TV show wouldn't have been good. probably would have been good. Mm-hmm. But the movie is very good. Very good.
0: Very good. Very good. Uh, I wouldn't right. say
1: it's like one of my favorite movies or anything like that because it's just too strange for me.
0: Mm. You're you're a very um, not a fan of like this weird surrealist stuff going on.
1: Well, I like it occasionally, but like I like when they brush a little bit on top. But Lynch just kind of takes the whole bucket of sauce and just drenches it, like <laughs> like he just goes he just goes in on it. Like it's his it's his way of doing it, and like. I really enjoyed the latter half of the movie or mm-hmm. maybe not even the latter half, like the latter third of the movie where it was getting more and more surrealist, especially the scene where she eventually like shoots herself and the like, people, little people are crawling out from under the door. Yes. Yes. And- and i'm like this is starting to get, like race her head. <laughs> <It's> good. <laughs> that, that, like, that
0: was the moment i just like picked up my picked up my popcorns like oh this is getting good now. Oh, well, that was almost then?
1: That was, yeah, like it was great two minutes or so before the end of the movie. I know
0: and that's when i was like this is this is the good shit because i I'm, i ain't gonna lie. i really like a head. Yeah.
1: Again,
0: not one of my favorite movies. Again, it's even too weird for me, but yes. it's as a surrealist experience, it's a it's an experience of a movie. You like feel that movie and this is kind of like that. And I think it might be a thing with well, David Lynch. I I'm do, always expecting things to get fucking
1: weird. I do like how that extremely surrealist bit was only near the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just remembered. We haven't discussed one thing. The two guys in the diner. Oh, yeah. And how they don't connect to anything.
0: And how that basically they're you and me every time we go to Denny's. Yes. Yes. I mean, I guess. Where we don't... you
1: just talk to me and I just kind of like. Stoneface, everything you say. Yeah, you, you fucking... Only comment on every third. Mm. Yeah, you fucking prick. <laughs> um, but yeah, is
0: that diner... Cause Okay, here's the thing. Well, the diner it has connects to... it together. Yeah. I They connect to something. I don't think so. Okay, hear me out here. So, the gentleman that's in the diner, yes. we'll call him Eyebrows. Yes. Eyebrows is talking to his friend, uh, Stoneface, and he's like telling him about his dream and how he saw... The hideous monster. Yes. The bum or whatever. He's explaining a dream, and the dream is real. He actually sees the bum, and he has, like, a heart attack or dies or whatever. Passes out. And passes out. Reinforcing that dreams and reality are crossing here. And we see him well, when Diana is at like the, the diner.
1: That guy seems like he's not all there, though. Like, mm-hmm. the person he's with kind of treats him as kind of, like, this crazy person. You didn't get that? I mean, I got that he was treating him like very distantly yeah
0: i didn't get the whole thing that he was treating him as like oh you're a crazy person and i'm like your your handler or like
1: like he knows this guy he like he was once an acquaintance of this person or a friend but he's kind of like grown apart because this guy's not all there he's getting kind of weird and crazy i'm that's kind of the feeling i get from it i don't know i mean granted he's like humoring this guy well he is humoring him
0: and us as the audience we see that his dream is real. He relives his dream. It's like he saw the future. I'm just saying that th- that moment is kind of where I pull the interpretation that this has a lot to do with dream logic and dream and reality melding. And that with us seeing that guy near the end with Diana. Because that's the only other time we see him in the movie. We see him at the beginning where he describes his dream and his dream comes true. Yes. And we see him at the end when Diana's... Paying for the hitman, and she sees him in Mm -hmm. the in the same diner. yeah And I feel that her buying it and getting the blue key and all that stuff—that's her point of where her dream and her reality were were crossing, right? So I'm again, I feel this is a
1: dream. All right, we're getting we're getting Shyamalan. I I don't really feel it. I'm sorry. Like I I understand though that whole thing about the guy's dream coming true. It makes a lot of sense. But, like, you could explain it so many ways mm-hmm. Where, you know, he feels like something's back there Because something is back there, you know That's why he dreams about it Because he knows something's back there He just doesn't know what it is mm. And but- so it's like when he describes, like, the horrible face thing it could just be a coincidence What if the horrible face he saw in his dream was something totally different?
0: Randy just, Randy just wants coherency all
1: over the place I like coherency I mean, I'm not afraid of a little surrealism But, like... I like coherency. The right. first like two thirds of this movie really dug it. The last third, if it was made by somebody else, I probably wouldn't have dug it. <laughs> yeah, gotcha, but gotcha. He has mastered his craft. Okay, I dug it.
0: I, and I think that's that. That leads us here. So I guess overall thoughts on the movie. You know, like dislike things you really liked and things you really didn't like. And we've already talked a lot about the surrealist coherency thing. Yeah. So. Is there anything else you were, like, was not a fan of? Or was a real big fan of?
1: So, I was a really big fan of the, like, the way the movie was shot. Mm Mm-hmm. The, like, a lot of the lighting in the movie. I know it's kind of weird coming from me, because Mm -hmm. I don't know much about film. Yeah. But I really enjoyed, like, the lighting in the movie. Uh, Even though it's kind of a weird choice, I liked how the beginning where it seemed like it was dubbed. Mm -hmm. With her at the airport. What did I really not, like... I guess most of the, the, like, the stuff with, like, the mob guys, mm. I kind of didn't like. It feels almost almost superfluous to what's going on. Yeah, it seems, like...
0: Very tangential to the main story we should be following.
1: Yes, but it seems like it should make... Or it should bear more weight on the story when these guys show up. But it really doesn't. And it kind of irks me the wrong way. Like, I'm, I know it's like a... It was a specific decision made by Lynch mm-hmm. to do this that way, but I don't really appreciate
0: it. <laughs> I, it. That's one of those things that probably would have gotten explained like halfway through yeah, the season. If it was
1: a movie sh- or not, movie a TV show. show, TV show,
0: a, a hashtag a movie, movie, movie show. show, it's a moving picture show, It's Holy <laughs> Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Well, I I can agree with
0: you on on that. My like honestly, like, I like a I don't lot appreci- of this movie.
1: I don't appreciate red herrings. Oh. I have a pet peeve against red herrings.
0: If you're going to give me a red herring, at least give me an answer soon
1: after. Well, yeah, tell me it's a red herring. Like, cause the movie ends with you without you knowing anything about those people.
0: Yeah, like, I guess that's a thing. We don't really know a lot about the mob guys. We don't know anything about the Cowboy.
1: We're not really even sure if they're mob guys.
0: Again, I feel your interpretation that the Cowboy is an alien is
1: pretty solid. No, not solid. the Cowboy. The guy in the room. I think they're all aliens. They're not all aliens. You don't know that. No, no. The, the Cowboy is, is <laughs> a manifestation of the West, scene. <laughs> It is Judge <laughs> He's <Holden> hairless. From, <laughs> from the Blood Meridian. Um, Technically, he is hairless. He, he, yes, it's <laughs> fine.
0: So... <laughs> Honestly, I can agree with you. I think, I think how this movie looks is very like visually unique. I really liked it. And honestly, I can see where you're coming from where the mob guys are red herrings and don't really pay off. But I'm almost like, I almost kind of dig how fucking weird this, how this movie just goes places and you're just rolling with it. I,
1: I mean, this is definitely one of those movies where you're, you're riding with the movie. You're not in control. The movie's not in control. Y'all are both kind of grabbing for the wheel. <laughs>
0: like, let's let's see where Mr. Lynch takes us.
1: Here's another thing, though, with the movie is that I didn't really like the wardrobe for the two main actresses. Mm, it seemed kind of like they made like weird choices with their wardrobe. Some of it made sense, and some of it didn't. What do you? Where
0: are you getting at here? Because I don't. I so, couldn't think of many of the wardrobes in the movie that irked me.
1: Well not like irked but it just seemed weird to me because like most of the clothes that rita wears are kind of like these very showy like it's very sensualizing yes clothes and betty always like when she arrives she's wearing that like top that's like too tight for her Mm -hmm. like where it has like the the, like space between the buttons and everything yeah and like it seems like something you bastard it seems like something not, not a real person would wear
0: seems like something diana would wear no dan doesn't wear a bra in the last half of the movie randy she didn't wear a bra at all betty did yes randy that goes in also in in. the scene rita wasn't wearing a bra of course she wasn't she's rita but betty is scenes
1: but not all of them which seemed like it was like maybe (laughs) an oversight this is
0: the bra conspiracy all right when when
1: well here's the thing it's something that always it's another pet peeve in movies or whatever where they just like show people's nipples through like clothes for no reason and it's like, is that supposed to be, like, a point? Like it It's it makes, two points, Randy. Oh God. It, like, it makes, like, so, like, when Diane was talking to the hitman. Yeah. But they're, like, outside with the other guy next to the van. Uh-huh. It's kind of weird to describe these scenes. Yes. But, like, her nipples are very obviously showing through her blouse. Yes. Which I think was supposed to, like, make her out as being, like, trashy or whatever. Like I thought she was a
0: prostitute, to be honest. Or
1: something like that. But, like, these choices are made, right, to have them not wear these things. But in only one scene, in only one scene was really... Because you see Rita's, like, nipples through her clothing. And it, it didn't do anything to the plot. I was like, was that just, like, a wardrobe thing? where like somebody forgot i i love how it's I just something it... i noticed it's, uh, one no. of my pa- it's like the tremors tv show that one lady never wore oh, on oh there oh my god okay and i was like is, is this supposed to like signify something about her character or is this just to get more views because it's <laughs> shitty tv
0: hey hey the tremors tv show was garbage I'm but like, it was hilariously garbage
1: because it's only one scene where it happens to rita and I'm just like, is this supposed to show her, like, sensual nature? I mean, because she's in, like, three love triangles in the whole movie. I mean, she has, like, you know, 2 makeout scenes with Kisher. And she, like, almost makes love with Diane, but also makes love with Betty in the movie. Yes. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I, this is a really weird tangent, but it's one of those things where I'm like, somebody in wardrobe. Somebody in wardrobe. Somebody <laughs> in wardrobe either messed up or Lynch was like, no, no, no. I need her nipples to show in this scene. <laughs> I like how, I like how it's like most
0: people are like oh the lighting in this scene like what does the rec- director mean when they have like the the when they have this well, statue this in this something... way but what do the nipples well, mean well, Mason
1: Well basically it's front and center in like the shot like it doesn't get more front and center than her chest like you know it's like the the shadows and the lighting you know like this is something everybody notices this mm-hmm. is what I'm talking about Yeah I mean like people aren't really going to admit it but everybody notices when you can see nipples on screen. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's like, it, there must have been a choice made. But it, the, the choice didn't seem to bear anything to the movie. So it's kind of weird. It was one of those things where I like would noticed it. And then I was like, does this, does does this, this mean, mean anything? And it didn't. And it wasn't one of the things in the movie where I thought, oh, does this mean something? And then it's like, oh, it doesn't. It's a red herring. It's one of those things where it's just like. Pretty sure somebody just forgot, and in a movie about things in which you don't just forget things. (laughs) I want, I want,
0: I want this to be a thing that there needs to be a theory on the internet, and it's called the nipple theory about Mulholland Drive, where it has to be like the scenes where you see nipples. Those are the real. Do you remember which
1: scene that was?
0: Where what you saw, you saw Rita's
1: nipples. Yeah, through her clothes. Do you remember what scene that was?
0: Uh, I don't actually remember the. They were going
1: from apartment twelve to seventeen. Was it that the only part? Yes, that was the only scene. And it wasn't even the whole scene. It was only one cut.
0: Because she's going through the reality into the dream world. You see the nipples when she's when they're moving through. No, but through. she's going
1: into reality where Diana's dead. Also, but wait. Betty's no, a- it can't be a dream because Diana's
0: dead in the dream. Because Betty, dude, what if Betty shoots herself and this is the fever dream of her dying? Diane? Or what if Diane shoots herself and her interpretation of Betty is this dying, like fever dream of the hope she could have had and her seeing her body? It's her confronting her death.
1: But wouldn't the movie have ended there? It goes on. Like, if I'm pretty sure, if I shot myself and then like my brain was going all wibbly wobbly, wibbly, wibbly wobbly my woo. consciousness right before I died, <laughs> and I imagined myself looking at myself in the third person dead, I'm pretty sure I would have, instead of walking out of the place, holding Rita as she screams, I would have floated up into heaven. <laughs> Rainy. <laughs> through the ceiling. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, Rainy, Rainy. I, uh,
0: no, it's a Lovecraft story, because then you have to have another, like, three chapters of the guy going crazy. I'm just saying that... Yes. See, Lynch Creed's Lovecraft. That's that's what we've gotten.
1: But I don't think it can be a dream, because it, in your interpretation, Diane sees that Diane is dead after shooting herself doesn't make any sense.
0: And it being a coherent reality does not, makes less sense.
1: No, it doesn't. I think it does. What, what doesn't make sense about it being a coherent reality? Just because, like, your mind can't, like, jumble all the stuff into chronological order. I just, I feel like there's so much weird going on. That it has to. But it's like, you know, some of the weird isn't even, like, more weird than reality. Like, with the mob guys, with, like, the producers or whatever, basically, like, that's not, that's, that, that's probably happened before. Just take out a hit on the main actress. Fuck it. You know, it's get, fine. Get, get like, you know, the, the main mob boss's niece in there, <laughs> you know, like whatever. It probably happened before. Not even that weird. Billy Ray Cyrus sleeping with some director's wife. Not that weird. Pro- probably happened. Probably not that weird. Probably
0: not even. He he was a good looking man in the nineties. I mean, we looked pretty good in that scene. <laughs>
1: Or he's just sitting with his shirt off in bed. Just big chilling. Be- just big chilling, being like, well. You know? Walk,
0: walks in and she's like, what are you doing home? And Billy Ray says, like, honey, he's very distraught. You should let him handle this. <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> Billy Ray never changed. That
1: was, that was so good. You had the chillest response.
0: Uh, Alright, so we'll get to the, the the final bit here. Okay, sure. So, would you recommend? Yeah. Absolutely. I'd
1: I'd recommend to to watch this movie.
0: All right. Any caveats? Any like recommendations with asterisks here? Be should people be ready for for a little bit of a of a long watch?
1: I mean, it's like two hours and like ten minutes or so. I think.
0: Bruh, it's like it's almost three hours long. Is it? Well, uh, no. It's sorry. It's it's two thirty. Okay. Two hours
1: thirty. Two thirty. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'd say you know i do recommend you to watch this movie it's very good uh it gets a little weird near the end it's kind of long two and a half hours but it's all in all worth the watch and you'll have a lot to think about afterwards
0: yeah this is definitely one of those movies you watch. this movie really benefits from having somebody to talk to you after
1: i mean unfortunately i'm probably gonna like watch a couple videos on the movie after this <laughs> Just because I need more closure.
0: <laughs> I'm going to walk into your room tomorrow. You're going to have the red yarn across your room being like, okay, there's got to be a way going no, on here. but I
1: might have the notepad open. <laughs> you might have notepad open. Be uh, like, hold up, hold up. I got a theory. You're wake- I was like, I linked all the scenes together in chronological order. I wonder if there's a cut. If somebody made a cut of this movie in chronological order. There probably
0: is. There's a chronological cut of Memento.
1: Oh God, that sounds awful. It's weird. I've actually never seen that movie. You never seen Memento? I've never seen Memento. We should watch Memento. I mean, we'd kinda of go on theme with this of watching these weird, not chronological movies.
0: Memento is, is far more coherent but I believe than
1: this. Next we'll be watching Ben Hur. We should I believe. We
0: I would believe too. So I get yeah. Um well everybody, yeah, I would also very much recommend this movie. I think people should just watch more David Lynch movies. That guy does interesting things with movies. But if you would like to continue listening to this, and if you like listening to me and Randy talk, we'll be doing That's our, me. we'll be uh, starting our new podcast series, uh, the Film Odyssey, where we go through the AFI Top 100. We'll be starting with Ben Hur. Should yes. be recording that next week, and it should be released
1: soon. The big question with Ben Hur, will it be better? Than Ten Commandments for me. Because I'm a huge fan. Of Ten Commandments.
0: Ten Commandments is like. Legitimately your favorite movie. Or is it like. Top three. Definitely top three. Easily top three.
1: Easily top three. All right. Yeah.
0: Well. If you want to know the answer to that. Tune in. Next week. And keep up with us. Uh, if you want to listen to more of this. You can find this on. Anchor FM. Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Anywhere where podcasts can be found. As well as the YouTube channel. In the frame. Where you can listen to. The Film Club Podcast. Which I mentioned already. As well as the double feature podcast or the double feature picture show and with that good night uh, (laughs) good night and good luck